Hi there, I'm talking to you. Yes, you. My name is Sherry, my pup's name is Sunny, and we're training to be an animal-assisted counseling team. You're listening to the Therapy Dog Talk podcast, the show that interviews past, present, and future therapy dog teams about how they're making an impact in their communities. Today, we're talking with the Wadley family about what it's been like to have multiple therapy dog handlers in the same household, the benefits of being a junior handler, and how to know when it might be time to retire your pup from therapy dog work and what it could look like to train the next pup for their place. We'll discuss how they got into this work, what they've enjoyed about being handlers, what their dogs have enjoyed, and what surprised them along the way. Before we hop in, if you're just getting started on your therapy dog journey and feeling a bit lost, I've put together a free guide for you, which you can find on my website at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. Without further ado, meet Jared, Jordan, Devin, Legend, and Bree. Oh, hello. There you are. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Would you like to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about who you are and who your pups are? We are the Wadley family. We're from Michigan. My name is Jared, and I'm here with my sons, Jordan and Devin, and I'll allow them to introduce themselves first. Hello, Devin here. Yeah, I'm 19. I'm a rising senior going to LaSalle. About four or five years ago, my dad got me introduced to the whole therapy dog situation. Since then, I've been just loving it. Of course, we'll talk more about it. And then this past year after I turned 19, I became just a regular full-time handler. And I'm Jordan. I'm 21. I've been doing therapy work since I was 13. I've been doing therapy work with our dog Legend over here in the background and our other dog Bella. We've gone to different places everywhere from the library, VA, various one-time events, going to schools, and just anywhere where therapy dogs are needed. This has been a really good experience. And I'm Jared. I've been doing therapy visits for 12 years. I've had two therapy dogs. One, her name was Bella. She was a collie. She was able to do therapy visits for a little over six years or so. And then I adopted Legend. He was a formerly a show dog. Okay. And so we talked a little bit about the specifics on the, each of the dogs, but he has been doing therapy visits for a little over eight years. By the end of this year, he'll be retiring. And so that's when we decided to bring Bree into the fold as she's uh, bouncing around here. As puppies do. That's awesome. So y'all have been doing therapy dog work for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I work at the University of Michigan and one day I just happened to be walking on campus and the university holds what's called Disabilities Week in which this learns about how people cope with disabilities and the like. And one of the events involves therapy dogs and service dogs. They had just a variety of dogs, probably like almost two dozen of the dogs there to interact with people so that people could learn more about therapy visits. And that's kind of got me interested because at the time I was looking to do some different types of volunteer work. I used to live in California and some of the volunteer work that I did involved big brothers, big sisters, the homeless, working at a domestic violence group. So when I moved to Michigan uh, 20 years ago, I was trying to find something that I could do. And as luck would have it, on this particular day in October, we saw these dogs. And at the time, I had two Shetland sheep dogs. I didn't know if they would do a good job as a therapy dog because they did a lot of barking and they were kind of like hit or miss around people. And so at that time, I thought the next dog I get would do therapy Okay. So like a year later, I adopted Bella, who was a collie. She was from a rescue. She was two years old. And I basically worked with her for more than eight months to train her to become a therapy dog, getting her socialized, like going to pet stores, 
home improvement stores, trying to get them socialized around neighbors, dogs, and other people. And during that time, it was just an opportunity to just see how she would react to people. Yeah. And so that kind of got me interested in doing some type of like volunteer work with uh, therapy dogs. And so that's how it all began. All right. So you got Bella hoping that she would be a therapy dog. Yeah. So when I met her, she had a good temperament. Okay. What I did at the time was she was very reactive to other dogs. Okay. I got her as a rescue at age two. And so, of course, I was mm-hmm. going to keep dog. So it was important for me to do what I could to train her to become a dog. Spent a lot of time with her with the training and the socializing until I felt she was comfortable. But the sticking point was mainly trying to get her around comfortable around other dogs. Because therapy visits, you don't know if you encounter a service dog or a person's personal dog and dogs can't bark or react. Initially, when I was doing the training, she would react by barking. And so what I did was take her for walks, but also try to get her more focused on me with treats. She was able to not care about what the other dogs were doing to then follow what I was trying to command her to do. And then that's how we were able to eventually pass and become members of Alliance of Therapy Dogs. Okay. And Jared and Devin, did you both get a chance to work with Bree as well? Or sorry, not Bree, Bella as well? I actually did not get the chance. My brother Jordan, he got time to work with Bella. At the time, I wasn't old enough yet. My work was mostly with legends. Like my dad, we went through that same, same process of, you know, going through the tests, working through with the dogs and stuff. That was just a whole experience in its own, for real. Because it was like challenges, like the relationship with the dog and going to these new places, having to know how to, I guess, talk to people. It was kind of something new that I had to learn. But yeah, Jordan, he did a lot of work with Bella. Yeah, I did work with Bella when I was 13 in eighth grade, and our relationship was really rocky and not there for a while. And it was really difficult and frustrating because I didn't spend enough time with her. It became a lot more natural to where I was forcing it. And also just learning my public speaking skills, talking to all different age demographics. Because I told you I've been to like libraries, so I'm talking to like small kids who are learning to read. I'm talking yeah. VA, where I'm talking to like 90, 100 year olds, and it's talking to people in the middle. So it's just being able to communicate effectively has been like one of the best things. You brought up something really important, which is that, you know, that relationship with the dog really matters. But it's interesting because all three of you had to make sure you had a really good relationship with the therapy dog. And yeah. a lot of times I feel like dogs kind of gravitate towards one person in the home. Bella had already been a therapy dog for a couple years when Jordan became a junior handler. He had to spend more quality time with her it's, yeah. it's not enough just to see the dog in the house right you have to feed the dog let the dog out you have to work with the training take the dogs on walks and so that developed the bond and then so once he spent like a couple weeks with bella then he felt comfortable and then he understood that it's really important for the bond between the handler and the dog that both are comfortable with each other and so that's how it really worked out and he realized that and he had done a really good job once he got past that hurdle yeah jordan was it your idea to become a junior handler or was it your dad's idea definitely my father's what about you Devin? that one was my idea for real i just wanted to be a part of it being a little sibling and stuff i love dogs my dad talks about the good experience and how he feels afterwards just like sharing our dogs with other people who might be sick or feeling some type of way and he can see like the brightness in their eyes once he starts to leave 
stuff. So I don't know. I was like, man, I want to be a part of that. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I really liked it. I mostly did like reading events, going to the VA. Like Jordan, I saw a lot of the veterans of all different types there for so many different reasons. I remember I was in a room with my dad, right? We're talking to this guy about his dog and how he lived in this small town, right? So he's in his house in his place. He leaves the dog at the house and him and the dog were super close, right? And then the guy ends up leaving to go visit another family member and then yeah. the dog coming and finding him. And just that connection, I was like, wow. And just hearing that from someone, like that was one of the stories that kind of stuck with me. That's great. So then what was it like to add Legend into the mix? Were Legend and Bella therapy dogs at the same time? Was there any overlap there? Yeah, so there was a little bit of overlap for like a year or so because Bella was starting to slow down. When we would go to the children's hospital, she didn't want to enter the building. This was when she was like age nine. I knew that was the time that it was going to be close to time to retire her. Yeah. So then started looking to get another therapy dog. But mm -hmm. they do like one or two visits together. It hasn't been often because a lot of times we only like to take one dog at a time. Right. When Legend, when I was working with him, I probably had maybe like a year where they overlapped, decided to have a retire, and then Legend just picked up the pace was able to move around a lot better, particularly like when we go to the VA hospital where it's a long walk from like the parking lot to get to the rooms. It really made a difference having Legend like a younger dog because when I got him, he was age three. He was doing a lot more walking. And so that really helped in the whole process of moving around because when we visit the hospital, it could be anywhere from a two to three mile walk visiting the different rooms and the like. And so I didn't want to put that much strain on Bella. It was just time for her to just to kind of relax and just take it easy and just let Legend uh, pick up the pace. And so that's where we're at with Legend. Legend just turned 12 last month. And so we started looking and we ended up getting a Bree to take his place. Okay. So you've then retired two different therapy dogs. Well, not quite with Legend. He's on the road to retirement. He's making sure his 401k is in order. How did you know with them, like you mentioned with Bella, she was kind of slowing down and not really wanting to go in. But how did you really know with them that it was time to let them retire from being a therapy dog? When we were trying to get it building that's when i knew that she wasn't enjoying because she kind of pulled back from going inside yeah once she was inside she was fine and okay. so that was kind of the triggers like hey she's not enjoying it as much as she used to and yeah. so for handlers they have to be sensitive to when the time is right to retire the dog from doing yeah. therapy Again, that's that bond that you have with the dog that you know when it's the right time. And instead of doing a lot of hospital visits, we did like a couple of one-time visits at the University of Michigan during distressing events. For those visits, she didn't have to do as much walking. Okay. Fine with that. But I knew right at that time that I needed time to get another dog, train it. And mm -hmm. so I envisioned that I needed to have at least six months for okay. the next the training and the like. And so that was like the point of when we decided, to, well, I had been already looking to get another dog, but mm -hmm. that was a little bit more urgent to get the next dog. Legend has been doing well. I wanted to at least get eight years so that both boys could do visits with each of the dogs. But I knew once he had turned like 10, 11, that I would have to start looking. But yeah. during the pandemic, that kind of slowed things down. We weren't able to do as many visits as we wanted to at the hospital because they had shut down volunteer services. Right. So that kind of pushed things back. So typically, I probably would have already had a dog by now. But, you know, things happen for a reason. And that's how we ended up getting Bree. We're happy to have her as a member of the family. So this is the first time that we've had a puppy with the boy. 
at their particular age. Bella was a two-year-old rescue. Legend was uh, three years old. But because during the pandemic, I worked from home and at the office as a hybrid, but probably would have gotten an older dog had not been because of the pandemic. Because when you have a puppy, you need to spend quality time with it because sure. that's really important. When we got the older dogs, they didn't need as much attention as the puppy does. And so right. that's how we ended up with the puppy. And like I said, it's really worked out well because now the pressure's on me now because when I do the visits, I tell people how to help their own, just ways that they can be similar to what they saw with Legend and previously with Bella. Yeah. So now there's a lot more pressure to make sure that she does well with the testing. Okay. I've almost feel like I've tried to, the advice I've been given other people now is really coming to the forefront with my own dog. Yeah. It really puts uh, na nature versus nurture to the test, huh? Because you've had this experience with these other two dogs, but like you never really know for sure, even if you temperament test or whatever, if the dog is going to enjoy therapy dog work. What's it been like for you going from training two rescues to be a therapy dog to having a puppy? Well, with the rescues, they knew some of the commands. Mm -hmm. So Bella was mainly just having her socialize with around other dogs. So okay. that was a little different. With Legend, he had been around people and other dogs as a dog show performer, but he didn't know like basic commands. Okay. So now we're trying to combine everything, getting the dog socialized, helping the dog learn commands. So there's a lot more involved now, whereas before yeah. dogs, it was like either one or the other that I had to work with them on. So that's yeah. been a bit different in terms of the training. So yeah. she finally had some of her final shots. And so mm -hmm. now I'm trying to get her exposed to a lot more people, doing it slowly, exposing to her a lot of sights and sounds, still working with her on the commands, but just doing a lot of that to like, help her become a good therapy dog. Yeah, she wants to play, huh? <laughs> But she's doing well so far, so good. I'm pleased with her progress at this particular time. Yeah. Well, having all the experience that you already had with therapy dogs, what did you look for when you were looking for Bree? When we talked with the breeder, we were looking for a dog that had a good temperament. That's all we could like really focus on. The training about the commands and stuff, that's something that we could do on our own. Yeah. So mainly like the temperament. And then we're basically starting from scratch with any time you have a puppy in terms of the training. Yeah. And so we still have to get her exposed to a number of different things, a number of different sights, sounds, trying to take her to a lot of different places. But so far, so good. We're getting close to the six month mark of her birthday. So we've only had her for like two months. But so far, so good. I guess the two tests will come like in the fall because I really want to use this summer to hit a lot of different areas, a lot of different training, that sort of thing. Yeah. Wow, those two months flew by. I remember talking to you before you even had Bria. So it sounds like you all have volunteered in a few different locations. I'd love to hear from each of you what your favorite place to volunteer is with your therapy dogs. My favorite was the Michigan Distressing Events. The reason I liked it was because it was really calm and low-key and everybody came with good energy and I would have Bella or Legend just lay down and everybody would come to them because it's during exam time I'm down from like the studying and the high pressure and stress so it was really really good times there'd always be like snacks there's always be games to the side so like everybody come as we hit a little walk through and the dogs would always be like a good little highlight that everybody would have and then we would give them a card people would come back following semesters and be like oh i seen legend lift i had his card so like that was good it was a lasting impression when i see him again it's awesome my favorite read events would probably be the ones at the schools it was just you know going back to a school you went to and kind of 
bringing your dog and you showing them off. This is like the dog that you always talk about, and like they're so cute. You get how you get so many compliments and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a good time. And then U of M. I went to like the discussing events when I was freshman, sophomore in high school. So then I mostly interacted with a lot of juniors and seniors in college. Uh, at these discussing events. So it was kind of just cool to hang with like, an older crowd and they talked to me about like the finals and stuff. And then for me, mine tends to be dual, like at the children's hospital where we get a chance to see a lot of kids before and after surgery, just helping them just kind of relax before a surgery. And so there were like many times when the kids were interacting or talking with their parents or the doctors and they were like really nervous or crying. And when they see the therapy dog, they just felt so much better, even for that brief moment. Also, the veterans, when we had a chance to see uh, the veterans, a lot of times they didn't have visitors who came to the hospital. And then sometimes just seeing the dog just kind of helped them like reminisce about their own dogs. And so then. <laughs> always a, a good time seeing as many of them as possible yeah and it sounds like i i don't know jared if you had the same experience but it sounds like from your sons as junior handlers it was a really good opportunity to learn how to talk to a lot of different people too yeah so as junior handlers they will have a person who is already a member and so i accompany them with visits yeah they go on these visits one of the i help them with was trying to communicate with adults. And part of that is I wanted them to not feel any pressure talking to people. We're talking about those in the military, the most part at the VA hospital. And so I tell the boys to ask them about their service, individual about their family life. When you go into the room, a lot of times they're watching TV. And for a lot of the veterans, they're watching sports. So you can start the conversation then. And then you allow the patients to then talk a little bit about their own and then they'll ask them about the boys as well. Those conversations last 10 minutes and the time goes by quick. And so yeah. as junior handlers, it's not as if they're going to these visits alone. Right. Veterans or even patients elsewhere, they want to hear from the young people because oftentimes there are not many young people who are involved in volunteer work. That gets them excited. And so it's a rewarding experience for them. For Alliance, I think it's as young as 12 years old till age 17, but they're not having to go do these visits alone. So you'll have somebody there who has some experience and that really makes a huge difference. But you do want to have for a young person, just somebody just wants to give back and help other people. Yeah. But it just really help their confidence, boost their communication skills and just mm -hmm. appreciation for just people in general. That's why I'm glad that we had a chance to do with the boys. There are people who are struggling, people who are in the hospitals for an extended period of time. And so then they have a greater appreciation for the things that they have by giving back. Yeah. And so it really made a huge difference, at least for our family. Yeah, that's really great. And Jared, at some point you got involved with Alliance as a media or news role too, yeah? Yeah, so I've been with Alliance of Therapy Dogs for 12 years. Probably two years in, I wanted to do just a little bit more volunteer work. And my background is in public relations and journalism. And okay. so the board on email to see if they would like to have someone volunteer for the magazine to help with like editing and stuff like that as on a volunteer basis. They thought it was a great idea. And so I've been doing the news magazine for 10 years. And okay. I'll read a lot of the great stories from the Alliance of Therapy Dog members. I'll edit their stories. I'll read the publication. And so it's been like really great just to see just the impact therapy dogs have had in communities throughout the country. 
And yeah. so yeah, it's been a great experience doing the editing and stuff. It doesn't seem like it takes a lot of time, but the, the stories that we read from the magazine are just so inspirational. Magazine has stories, just general photos or pictures. I mean, not pictures or stories of teams at regular visits, but there's also like magical moments where Therapy Dog has like really done something great for a person. For example, I've read a story where a dog went into a room where a patient hadn't spoken for like months on end. They saw the dog and they spoke a word. They said the dog's name or they smiled. So doing the magazine has just been a really great experience. So I'm reading the stories before they come up hot off the press. (laughs) 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 And is that an actual physical publication that goes out to ATD members then? Yeah, it's a hard copy and there's issues available online to the members. We've got the May issue that's already come out and then another one will come out during the holidays but yeah hard copies sent to the mail but if for some reason they don't get it they can check it online and that would be for atd members i don't know the general public can get access to it because it's typically for members maybe that might be something i can pass to the alliance of therapy dog board if it's not because maybe other people would feel inspired by reading a number of the stories that our members are sharing with their own members yeah it might encourage people to look into becoming a therapy dog team but that's great that the stories are shared with other members for sure but if it's not like the publication they're first trying to start more campaigns to for example encourage more handlers and so both boys were featured in the Alliance of Therapy Dog ad campaign. The organization is trying to branch out, trying to get more members. Like I said, it's a great experience trying to get the word out. I think sometimes people see therapy dogs, but they don't really understand like what's involved. You don't want to go through the whole process and not follow through. Unfortunately, you have people who just think have your dog as a therapy dog, but they don't go follow through with like the visits. Something you would like to do and you're really passionate about volunteering we want to encourage you to act with a hospital or extended care facility or mm-hmm. school they really need the therapy dogs particularly like now with a mental health like a huge issue throughout the country where mm-hmm. these dogs make a huge difference in a person's life yeah i'm currently studying social work and then kind of the path that i want to go on to that is get into like clinical counseling i just feel like i could even incorporate that into like practice yeah you absolutely can I don't know, to even if they're feeling some type of way to or just have something like a dog in, in a session, I feel like that could bring a lot. Yeah, you absolutely could do that. We've had, I think, three or four other guests on here whose dogs work with them as a social worker. And then a few in like marriage and family therapy or other animal assisted therapy, animal assisted counseling roles as well. It's really an opportunity that's growing a lot right now because there's been a lot of new research in the last like seven years around that space. And Mm -hmm. so they're being able to use it more and more. There's a few programs that are specific even to animal assisted social work, which is really cool. It's already being started. I just follow along, follow my footsteps. You know, something I've learned is that there's a shortage of male therapists out there. So you show up with a dog and you're going to be forever with a job. (laughs) Yeah, male social work student. And yeah, I feel like in the spotlight, just being one of the only boys in a lot of my classes. Yeah, uh, I bet. I think it'll be good. Yeah, definitely. And those dogs can help you reach people in a way that you can't on your own, as I'm sure you already know. Well, I don't want to hold you all forever. I'm sure you have other plans today. But before we leave, is there any advice you have for someone who's interested in becoming a therapy dog team or even specifically a junior handler? Uh, if you're going to do it, go all in. Don't 
go half in, go all in, because you're putting the dog in all this, so you gotta make sure that the dog's getting all the attention and that you're doing all with the therapy visits because you're a representation of all bigger organizations, so just go all in and just have fun with it. I love that. Kind of just paying back off of his, just, I don't know, don't be afraid to do it, because there's a lot of experience. You'll meet a lot of different people. You, know, you have a great lessons, great growth, and you have a great partner there by your side. So, yeah, definitely don't be scared to jump in, try it, learn more about it, talk to more people. I think they gave some good suggestions. I think just whether you're a therapy dog handler or interested in it or not, just spend quality time with your dogs. I think that's mm-hmm. like taken for granted that anybody can have, for the most part, you can have dogs similar to what Legend does. You just have to spend quality time with it. And if you spend all the time with it, train it, get it socialized, then you might find like, wow, this dog can really do volunteer work in terms of pet therapy. I would just tell people if they're interested in it, maybe find a handler to follow just to see if it's something that they would like to do so that Mm -hmm. the benefits of doing therapy dog visits. But it's definitely like a rewarding experience. And I'm just really fortunate that I've been able to share it with both sons and at least two dogs. And then with this one, just getting ready, to, <laughs> just getting ready to get to that next level where she can do the therapy visit at the visit place. But <laughs> she's a lover, huh? <laughs> well, I am looking forward to following Bree's journey. I know you mentioned that you're hoping for her to become a crisis therapy dog in time. Crisis yeah. response dog. Yeah, in a couple of years. Because it's a lot more intense. So hopefully she'll have the right temperament. It's it's nothing that I'm going to force. Right, right. Like regular hospital visits, going to schools, going to extended care facilities. But you have to have uh, even higher temperament because you're going into a crisis situation. Right. If she does well, and again, that all falls on me with the training, getting her well socialized and being able to remain calm. Yeah. So if you me like in two years from now as a crisis a therapy dog team then you know i've done a good job but in the mean <laughs> we're starting small we're going to replace legend in terms of doing the local visits the schools libraries and hospitals but yeah that'd be the ultimate goal to then travel throughout the country to do crisis visits because there's a lot of people who are in crisis situations either losing a home shootings there's just a number of different things that it ratchets it up a notch that i'm hoping that i can train her to be ready for that yeah. Well, the beauty of therapy dog training is you can't lose. Like, even if your dog decides they don't like the work, you have a well-trained dog that you can be best friends with. On-time family member who enjoys being around you. Exactly. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to share while you're here? No, I kind of want to say thank you, too. This is my first time doing one of these interviews type of thing, and it was, it was cool. Uh, I had a good time uh, talking about dogs. Yeah, for sure. That was a proud experience. Those nice things funny in the background as well. She's chilling. Yeah, almost like legend. Yeah, he didn't get a lot of FaceTime, so I'm put him on right now. He was actually on right over your shoulder for most of it, I think. Yeah, he's just so tame and calm now. That that's how we know it's that. Oh, even when we do Zoom visits through pets together, it's that time. Aw, he looks like he's living his best life. His life is legendary, if you will. You were setting that up. You probably been waiting all day for that. No, I wasn't. All right. Well, thank you all so much. I really enjoyed hearing your stories. And I look forward to seeing more of Bree's training. Yeah, of course. Well, thanks a lot again. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh, All right. See you later. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Therapy Dog Talk. If you did, please do me a favor and leave a review and rating on the podcast platform of your choice. 
If you have a guest that you think would be a great fit for Therapy Dog Talk, send me an email at hello at therapydogtalk.com. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.